When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Go. This podcast is sponsored by Terraform Development is a rising engineering design and project management company located in Flagstaff, Arizona. Co-owners Eddie Kalnemtua and Stanford Lake started the company to bring economic related projects to rural communities like the villages of the Hopi tribe. Some of the important work done by Terraform with the Hopi tribe are Dawa Ovi Master Plan, KUII Radio Station Site Plan, Hopi Tribal Housing Authority Residential Homes, and numerous other nonprofit types projects on the Hopi Tribe. Terraform can be reached at 928-864-5022 or visit their website at www.terraforum.com. That's T-E-R-R-A, the number 4, O-R-M.com. You are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I am your host, the five-star, five-diamond chef, J-Man, and with me is my good buddy, Carl. Good morning and happy Wednesday, everybody, here on Hopi Land. Happy Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever <laughs> day you happen to be listening to the podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, if I may follow in uh, Carl's uh, procedures <laughs> there. But we're back with uh, episode nine. We're about to close out uh, season three. Season three is almost uh, done. So I'm very, very excited about what's going to happen in season four. We got big plans for season four, not only season four, but we got big plans for the uh, the podcast overall. Yeah. You've heard us talking about, you know, this uh, web series that we're going to bring to our YouTube channel. And right now, Carl's working out the logistics to make sure that everything looks good and crisp for you all. And so for those of you that bought us coffee, a cup of coffee this past week, that's where a lot of your funding is going towards. So a lot of the technological pieces that we need to be able to uh, get this uh, video show going so thank you everybody who has bought us coffee because all of your donations and all of your your coffee donations actually do uh go to the podcast here to buy um you know different things for the podcast and to keep us staying alive with uh with different amenities and stuff Mm -hmm. and then uh, another remarkable thing happened this past week oh yeah we reached 20,000 downloads. All right, 20,000 downloads. Very a remarkable milestone for us because when I look back and think about when we first started the podcast, I didn't know that 20,000 downloads was going to be something that we were going to be able to achieve, but we did it and we did it thanks to you all out there in podcast land, giving us the listen, sharing our podcast with your networks and uh, giving us those five-star reviews on all of the uh, podcast Yeah, platforms. so thank you listeners out there. I'm going to give you another hand handshake or whatever hand clap thingy there. 
So we're popping bubbly in the uh, in the studio, and so uh, if we sound kind of a little bit off base today, <laughs> you know why. You know why. Yeah, exactly. And so today, well, we're going to be talking about uh, an issue that we we kind of brought up in in our earlier on uh, our earlier podcasts, but we really haven't talked about it as much here. And it's because that not a lot of us do have these types of things. And that's why we, we don't want to really talk about these things here. So today we're going to be talking about working class. Working class? Yeah, working class. I don't, I, I, I thought that you didn't like to work. How are you part of this working <laughs> class? Well, that's the reason why we never talked about it is because I don't like to work as much. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I could contextualize this a little bit better than my partner here, I think that, you know, one of the things that we wanted to talk about today in the topic of today's episode is uh, balancing life and the working Hopi. Oh, yeah. Or the professional Hopi. Oh, yes. Whichever the, whichever it is that you want to call it. Because, you know, there is within uh, Indian country, within Native America, there is this concept of uh, balancing two worlds. That our people, indigenous people, like to discuss, you know, talking about living in this quote-unquote white man's world. But then also trying to maintain our identities, trying to maintain our life ways, and trying to preserve any type of cultural practices that Native folks have. But I think for what we're going to talk about today is going to be a lot more pertaining towards uh, Hopi specifically and those that live on the reservation and those that work on the reservation. Oh, yeah. And I think that, that the reason why we're going to focus on kind of that small area is because, you know, it's, it's kind of a unique situation when, you, when you're in it. Oh, yeah. And because, you know, we've talked a whole lot within previous episodes about how we're very fortunate as, as, uh, as a tribe. As uh, Hopi people that we've maintained quite a bit of our ceremonial and cultural practices that you do still hear the Hopi language being spoken throughout the villages and, you know, throughout places of business. And so um, one of the things that has occurred as a result of having still a lot of ceremony, having a lot of cultural practices is that in a way it takes a lot of your time as an individual to focus on those things. Exactly. And that is why most Hopis out here choose to have uh, mediocre jobs or median jobs where where they're not, you know, where they're not counted on, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, how, time time demand. There you go. Yeah, they're, the they're, they're not they're not counted on as like a boss or they're not counted on as as something that they they seem to have put their more time into a job rather than their own culture. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason why, you know, I say that we focus on folks living on the reservation because, you know, our, our urban counterparts are the folks that are living in places like Flagstaff, Phoenix, that a lot of them do still participate in ceremony. But when you're living out here and you have the, when you have the obligation to be fully involved with the ceremony, or to be fully involved with whatever cultural occurrence is going on, that it does take a lot more of your time. Oh, yeah. The fact that you're here. Yeah. And so both you and I kind of spoke to this a little bit in that, you know, the people that raised us, my parents, your grandparents, that when we did, were living in the urban areas, that they did kind of communicate to us that if you're unable to be fully involved, then you don't have to be involved at all. Yeah. And that's the reason why most Hopis 
um, that do a lot of these traditions or are in fact in, engrossed in a lot of the, 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 the traditions that Hopi holds never move off the reservation, never move towards a, a better life. They stick to what they, they really want to, to be a part of. And I think really that's kind of for where it makes this conversation unique and specific to folks that live out here, that work out here. Because then, you know, within this whole, I guess, larger scope of Native America, within a lot of the conversations that Native folks have around place, around ceremony, around being indigenous and native off the reservation. Oh, yeah. That, you know, there are some there are some arguments as to how you can continue to be Hopi away from the reservation but i think when it comes to your involvement and having ceremony i think that's where it changes because then a lot of our cultural shrines religious shrines are on hopi yep yep exactly our our kivas are on hopi exactly are all on hopi and when you when you're born a hopi you you're taught at a very young age to believe in the hopi culture and to believe in what what it's what it's what it means to be Hopi, and so when we grow up, we th- we're thinking that okay, yeah, I'm Hopi, but I w- I still want to live like a on, like a Bahana on the outside world. I still want to get the green, and I still want to buy the Xbox or the PlayStation, visit Christie's every other <laughs> night, and visit Christie's every other night, and so. <laughs> And, and so, you know, we, we think of that mentality and that's the reason why we're, we're complaining so much that there are no jobs here on the reservation. It's because we don't want to leave the reservation. Mm-hmm. And then this is, you know, at least from my, my context, I can speak for myself that, you know, this, this, uh, the arguments that I'm, I'm presenting at the moment isn't necessarily to say that if you're off the reservation that you're in any less Hopi. It's just that when you're here on the reservation, that you are obligated to commit more time, to commit more resources, to commit um, a little bit, a lot more of your life, I should say, to what goes on ceremonially and culturally. Oh, yeah. And then the fact that if you're a working professional, that you also have those obligations towards your job to commit that time. And depending on what it is that you do for work, because, you know, we've talked about it a whole lot within our conversations around economy, our economy out here or the lack thereof. And so that it really there is only a small handful of people that probably can truly say that they have a career out here on the reservation and then having that career and everything time wise that comes with it, in addition to the cultural and ceremonial obligations that go along with being Hopi. So in other words, you're putting 100% into your job and then 100% into your own culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then so that's 200%. That's 200%. Way beyond what, <laughs> what Bahanas think. Way, way beyond the scope of anybody else. And, you know, there is this other thing, too, that I also wanted to cover before we got into the kind of the main uh the main bones of the conversation, but basically, you know, the fact that, you know, we've never really talked a whole lot about what you and I, my uh I, I guess our um, what our process and our thought process is going around the idea of talking about Hopi culture and Hopi religion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've never talked a whole lot about that as a group. We didn't really want to share specifics about our religion, about what goes on in the ceremonies. And I think really a lot of that is just really out of respect and the belief that, you know, a lot of what we do behind the scenes within these ceremonies is uh, secret. Yeah, it is very, very secret. And it's sacred to not 
expose our traditions to the outside world. And that's the reason why Hopi is believed that it, we're still mysterious in a way. So I'm mysterious. We're still mysterious, even though we share a whole lot on YouTube and <laughs> Facebook and everything like that. And, you know, I think that's really just a kind of a personal choice between you and I, the respect that we have for our culture, the respect that we have for our religion, that we don't want to share what we shouldn't be sharing. Because, you know, really technically that anything that you could absolutely want to learn about the Hopi religion or Hopi culture is out there somewhere. Oh, yeah. That it's been published. Oh, yeah. And the only reason why I know this is because that once upon a time I had access to uh, the Arizona State University online library. And there were many documents that are produced by the anthropologists and historians that visited the Hopi Reservation in the late 1800s that documented basically everything. Oh, yeah. Our most sacred of ceremonies. Oh, yeah. And there are pictures online uh, depicting all of these uh, ceremonies. Mm -hmm. And so when all the old ones are gone, then that's probably what our references are going to be when we try to uh, keep our ceremonies going. Yeah. So there's probably a picture of me at Christie's Cabaret, but... <laughs> So if you find that, that's probably a relic. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, that's really some context as to, you know, what our perceptions are around sharing, you know, information about culture and religion. But moving the, the topic forward is that, you know, uh, we talked uh, kind of uh, briefly about what the time commitments are. But, you know, what, what are some time commitments that you can think of, at least on the cultural side? Well, the, you know, there's a lot of that because... When you're working on the reservation or when you're working off the reservation, you have to you have to commit your time to either one. You can't be you can't commit to both of them at the same time. And I know there's a lot of Hopis that are on the outside saying that, OK, I have these religious obligations that I need to do on, in the, on the Hopi reservation. But when you talk to a Pahan or a white person about these things, your manager, they don't understand. They'll say that, no, you're. Your time here is is my time. So if you're if you're not going to be um, uh, dedicated to here, I cannot let you go because of your cultural practices. And so, which creates like it creates this this sense of uh, like it's this guilt or this uh, this feeling of like regret that you're not out there all the time with uh, with your own people with your own clan. And then that's roadblock the fact that you work. Oh, yeah. The reservation. Having managers that don't understand the importance of our religion, the importance of our culture. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, when I was when I was working in in uh, Flagstaff, and that was basically my first job in Flagstaff, I, um, I, I went to my boss and I told I told her it's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm Native American. And I, I do a lot of ceremonies. I do a lot of these things out, 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 out at home. And so she's like, okay, so what kind, type of ceremonies do you do? And I said, well, they're, they're a little secretive, I said. And so she's like, well, you're not gonna, if you're not going to tell me what you do, then I cannot let you go because of, you know, I think you're just lying to me. And I said that, no, no, I'm, I'm real, I really do these things out at home. And so she's like, well, have maybe have your, have your chief write you a note. <laughs> have your chief write you a note to say that um, you can be excused on these days like that. And, and it's kind of, I, I kind of get scared when, when you take a job on the outside because you're always asking for weekends off. 
And like weekends for Bahanas is like, you know, oh, that's a vacation to them. And so I'm like, okay, well, maybe if I don't ask for weekends as, as much, maybe Fridays and just not come to work on Saturdays and stuff like that, maybe then I, I can call in sick on Saturdays. So, you know, that was like my ma- mindset. So it was a it was an arduous task to to dance around behind the rules mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just to just to try to come back home and um, practice the religion. Mm-hmm. That's a really good story, Carl, but it has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with the question that I asked I, you. I did. It's the, it's the time management. It was the time. I, I ask, what is the time commitment in regards to Hopi cultural and ceremonial practices? And I, I told you. It's I like, didn't ask you about your first job in Flagstaff. <laughs> and I told you it was because there was that, that time, that time part of it is that you're putting more time and effort into trying to practice your religion whilst trying trying to uh, keep your job on the outside. So it is, it's very, very hard. Well, let's let J-Man have a crack at it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> and, you know, because this, this uh, it to me, it's really important that, you know, especially for folks that aren't necessarily familiar with the time commitment that is required by, you know, certain ceremonies or certain types of other cultural obligations. But, you know, I mean, I guess in a way for, for some that you can think about it as something like uh, like you're in school, right? And you're on the basketball team and you yeah. have basketball practice yeah. every single day. And so in a way, that's part of the time commitment that if you're going to be involved with ceremony, especially if you're working, because then it's like, you know, from eight to five, you're at your place of employment. But then your evenings are taken up by however long that it has to go, depending upon what ceremony you're being involved with. And so that's a lot of time that's taken away from your personal time, whatever it is that you have to do at home, any type of um, house upkeep or, you know, takes time out of your uh, Netflix and chill type of thing. (laughs) And so, you know, that really is part of, at least on the male side, a lot of what it is that we do. And there is a big difference. There's a difference between the male and female, what our obligations are in regards to our ceremony. And so on the male side, when you're involved with ceremony, uh, I believe that I can share that we do we do go to the kiva every single night. Yeah, in preparation for ceremony, and that's basically and what I said. You did I, not. I did. You that's, did not. I did. I, I. That's basically what I said. <laughs> I said that it, it takes a lot of time and effort to balance out the different things like that, and trying to keep your job and trying to keep your religion straight. So. The quirks of Carl is what is part of what makes this podcast popular. <laughs> we can argue all day. So. Uh-huh. Even though you're wrong most of the time. <laughs> I'm never wrong. <laughs> you're always wrong. I'm never wrong. Strong Ones is dedicated to exposing cultural traditions of running that exist within many cultures and tribes worldwide through running apparel. Strong Ones is an individually owned business supporting cultural running traditions and supporting local organizations within the Hopi Reservation. They can be found at strongones.myshopify.com. Again, that's strongones.myshopify.com. They are also on Facebook at strongones15. <laughs> and so back to topic, but then, you know, it, it does on the male side, you know, it does require a lot of uh, quote unquote Kiva time. Oh, yeah. And so the Kiva is basically, you know, the center of all of our ceremonies. Oh, yeah. That most ceremonies take place within the Kiva, or at least a lot of the preparation that goes towards the Kiva. And the Kiva, I guess, you know, in a in a Pahana context in a way is, is, is our church. And so the male 
uh, ceremonial participants spend a lot of time there. So much time that, you know, it's kind of developed these memes that you see on social media that shared within the Hopi community. Basically, you know, a lot of uh, women are telling their husbands, it's either me or the kiva. <laughs> because the men spend so much time in the kiva that it really does take them out of the home a lot of the times. And so any type of uh, relationship or parenting obligations really lean heavy on the women, especially during ceremony time. Oh, yeah. Because the males are gone. And, and that's why when we do these different ceremonies, we thank the women because the women are the ones who hold down all of these things. They're the ones who are feeding the men. They're the ones who are taking care of the children, the guests, washing the dishes, taking care of the house during the ceremonies. And so it's it's when we do these a lot of these ceremonies like that, we, we have to thank the women. Mm-hmm. And then aside from, I guess that's kind of more on the religious side with with, uh, having to be down at the kiva for preparation for ceremonies. The other big obligation that takes a whole lot of time on the male side is farming. Oh yeah, it's farming. So if you can describe how much, what the time commitment in regards to farming, (laughs) not your job in Flagstaff, (laughs) what does that time commitment look like when you're a full-time farmer? Or at least a a, a farmer that's also working a job. Okay, so when I was working in Flagstaff, (laughs) (laughs) this goes well on with the story. Okay, this is okay. This is this is important here. This is important to the listeners. So when I was working in Flagstaff, you know there was a lot there was a lot of time that I could come back home and be with the be with So and Kwa, and it it was it was strange because. You put more time and effort into your Bahana job than you do your religion. So when you go back out home, you're trying to make up that time in like going to the field or going to or doing cultural practices. And you're you're you feel that guilt, you feel that that obligation to always wanting to be there, that 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 re- I don't know, that remorse of like other people doing Hopi stuff. And then you're out there watching, um, going to the theaters every weekend or like every other night. And, and you feel that, that guilt there. And it, it, it it takes a lot out of you because you're not out there 24 seven doing a lot of these things like a real Hopi should be doing. So like, you know, with the, with a lot of that, it's, it, it takes a lot from your mentality. It takes a lot from, from your, your spirit basically. So yeah, it does. And then I guess, you know, to, uh, and we've talked a little bit about farming on some of the episodes, but I don't think we've ever really kind of discussed what the importance of corn is. Oh yeah. Corn is very important to our uh, people still to this day. It, exactly. And See, now, you know, we rely on rain so much. We rely on the snow, the heavy snow that used to come. But yet now, nothing, we don't have any snow or rain. We're in the middle of a pretty bad drought. Yeah, exactly. And that's what worries Kwa in a way. Like, how is he going to feed his family? Mm-hmm. How is he going to conduct a lot of the ceremonies that he still is involved with? Mm-hmm. So that's what... That's what it, it kind of constrains again. It kind of strains his mind. It's additional stress. Yeah. It's additional stress. And then even with that too, like that, the, the time commitment in regards to farming, if you're a farmer and you're working on the reservation full time, more than likely your your day starts when the sun comes up. Yep. And your day starts at the cornfield. Yep. And you're there as long as you can until you have to clock in. Yep. Then you clock in. And as soon as you clock back out, you're back at the field. Yep. Until it's dark. Yeah. And then you're home. 
Yep, exactly. But for, you know, for people who do have like tractors and, you, you know, everything like that, it gets done within about an hour. And, uh, you know, I can, I can attest to that. <laughs> I go down to the field. I start the tractor, you know, plow the field a little bit, you know, uh, clean it up. Within uh-huh. about an hour, I'm going back home watching Netflix. <laughs> and then you mentioned this uh, this this concept called the weekend. Oh yeah. And on weekends, we're down there at the fields most of the time. Exactly. Day. Exactly. And and so you know that is uh, additional time away from you know what whatever else is that you like to do to do the, you know the Netflix stuff, the Netflix and chill, going to the movies or even going on vacation. You know because then you know sometimes people do ask me that you know are do you go on vacations? Do you plan vacations for you and your family and it's like not really because then you know you think about the full time of the year because you think about spring break right yeah spring break is a time when a lot of folks go on vacation because their kids are out of school but that during the springtime is when we're still heavily involved with ceremony oh yeah yeah exactly and you know there different villages have different um different things that they do throughout the year you know like your 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 village doesn't have a lot of what what goes on goes on uh, as far as like you know the first mesa or second mesa. So I'm pretty sure that you can plan for vacations a lot more better than than what first and second mesa do. So I'm busy, goddammit. Still do things. <laughs> but 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 again, it's like you, you have to time manage your your own self. You have to make time for yourself. You're you're a human being and you like the human stuff. You like the the glitz and glamour kind of things, all the shiny things that are involved. Exactly. So. Exactly. And you know anybody that's a professional within the mental health field will tell you that. self-care is important but then you know when you think about you know in these positions that we're talking about when you're working full-time as a professional out here on the reservation but then you have all of these cultural and religious obligations that you very that you have very little time for yourself oh yeah so i think that you know one of the uh, biggest conversation topics that i wanted to talk about are what are some of the negatives you think the fact that you have to give 100 on your professional side and then you also have to give 100 on your cultural and religious side oh man there are a lot of negatives to that i mean when when i was working in flagstaff <laughs> the the negative side was that I couldn't help Quad go like to the kiva that he always wanted to because you know he's old and I I usually take him to the kiva because he likes the kiva and so when I'm not out there he doesn't know how to get to the kiva although my brothers are there but they don't want to take him to the kiva <laughs> so you know that's that's the negative side effect is that okay well if I don't do that then I feel really guilty I'm not. Taking him because he likes doing that. Hope he men love going to the kiva. Yeah, it is a sense of fulfillment. Yeah, so that that's part of the negative. The other part of the negative is that you know you're you're always you're always trying to balance out a lot of your your life there. You you try to balance out like the bahano side where you're you're constantly saying that okay I need to get money for my family I need to get um, groceries I need to do all of these things for the family but yet then I have the obligation to do a lot of things for the cultural side and and then you're trying to figure out how to how to do all a lot of these things in the middle there. It's a huge balancing act. Oh my god, it a is a huge, very, huge very balancing huge. act, and it can be very stressful. That's probably one of the biggest uh, negatives to having this 
two-sided life is the burnout. Me- oh, yeah. Mental burnout. It is. It, it is really, really a burnout. Because then, you know, when, when you think about your own experiences being involved with ceremony that, you know, the part of the ceremony that, you know, we can share is that they can be very, um, it, it can cause fatigue because there are some parts sometimes where you have to stay up all night. Oh, yeah. There are some parts, there are some times where it uh, asks for a lot of uh, physical part of your body. So you're physically exhausted. Mm-hmm. And then on the women's side, a lot of cooking. A lot of cooking. A lot of cooking and cleaning. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of that comes with a lot um, being beside your your husband or your brothers or your your your, your family members like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And that takes a lot about Hopi. And so when we do a lot of these ceremonies, we basically kind of set aside all the pahana things that needs to be done and then focus on the religion side here. But then that creates another thing too is that, Bahana doesn't wait for anybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when when they when they when that happens, they don't care. They don't care. Raining. Yeah, they don't care. If, you know, they don't care if you're not missing work or not. They don't care if your corn's not growing. <laughs> exactly. And they're not gonna care for that. And they don't care whether you water your plants or not. <laughs> Until Bahana start praying and they voting for like rain and <laughs> <laughs> then I'll be involved with uh, behind the politics. So, <laughs> but for now, you know, I don't really care at all for for behind the politics. So. And you know, I, I think on on at least from from what I've experienced and what I've seen in in the time that I've been back home, because I did move back home uh, from the valley in 2017, and so I've been here for about three years now, back on the reservation. But um, all of the, and, and I think a lot of the strain and a lot of the stress that I see actually come from my coworkers, <laughs> because I work with all women. Uh-huh. Shout out to them. All right, they know who they are. <laughs> and, you know, especially when it comes to ceremony time, you know, I really see them doing their best to try to navigate coming to work, but then still fulfilling the duties that are, they're responsible for, for their household when it comes to ceremony time. And it does make a big difference too. Well, maybe not a big difference, but there is a difference based on the village that you're from. Oh yeah. Because as you mentioned before that, um, that certain villages have more that they do more, uh, they do more ceremonies. That they do still have kind of a, a complete ceremonial cycle. I would probably say that Songopavi and Walpi, maybe Masangnavi, are probably the most active villages. And especially at in Walpi is a village that doesn't. Um, Push everything towards the weekend. No. That they still have their ceremonies on the days that they're supposed to, whether that be based, Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, based on different points of things like the moon and the yeah, sun and, the moon things and sun, like yeah. that. And so with my coworkers, you know, that two of them are from uh, from the First Mesa area. And so, you know, I do see them coming into work like at five o'clock in the morning so that they can get done what they need to get done. Then they're rushing off, you know, back home to their village and, you know, trying to fulfill whatever duties they need to do in their village. Because then like that, you know, there's I think that there's a difference between whether, you know, you're working a job to where, you know, you can ask for time off and you get that time off. But when you're in a position that is an important position, an important job on the reservation that re- requires you to complete your job, whether there's ceremony or not, 
that those people that are in those positions have a tougher time. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, even if your boss gives you the time off, but yet the work that you need to get done is going to affect others on the reservation, then that stuff needs to get done. See, and I, there are other villages out there um, that do practice where they shut down the whole tribe in order to practice their religion. And I, I think it's like a religion day where they, or like a religion week where they don't go to work, where they don't do anything Bahana wise. They just focus on uh, their religion so they can get things done in their own way. Some villages do this? Yeah, like the like Akuma, like uh, you mean Pueblos or Pueblos? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they're called? They're called Pueblos. Oh well, but I'm sure their villages are still called villages. I think so too. <laughs> and, but 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 anyway, but anyway, I mean, like you know, uh, what I was proposing is that maybe we should have a tribe. Maybe we should have the tribe shut down no work day for about a week, so we can practice our religion. Some people would probably argue that the tribe shut down for pretty much quite a time of the year. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> this paid sponsorship was paid for by Justin Villarreal. Hey, Tom here with Hopi Relief. Hopi Relief is a nonprofit organization based down here in the valley where we are providing much needed supplies to the Hopi reservation during this COVID-19 pandemic and beyond. Please visit HopiRelief.org and find out how you can get involved. Hopi Relief is also an Arizona-recognized charitable tax organization. And please visit us December 1st on Giving Tuesday. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> and then I guess aside, uh, the other the other um, idea that I had too in regards to some of the uh, tougher parts the negative parts of having to go 200%, 100% on the Hopi side and the 100% on the Pahana side is the financial commitments. Oh, yeah. Because even though we preach as Hopis that our culture and our religion, that there's no place for money within it, but the actuality is that there is. Yep. Is that it costs money. It costs us money when we have ceremonies, that we have to pay something because uh, I guess in terms on the woman's side, you're having to cook and clean, meaning that you have to buy ingredients to oh, yeah. cook food. You have to buy things to supply the ceremony with the food that it needs for the ceremony to take place. And then on the uh, male side, you know that there are, I mean, basically you see it when you come out here to Hopi, if you're a visitor to Hopi, that you see certain um dancing regalia on sale or you see kachina dolls on sale oh yeah you see all these other different types of things on sale and so you know for people that don't learn how to make certain things that you have to buy it oh yeah pay for it yeah exactly a long time ago you didn't have to have money in order to create a ceremony because we we grow we grow our own uh corn squash beans everything like that in between and you didn't need money to do that but nowadays, you know, it does require a lot of money to... Now we have to pay for rain. Now we have to pay for rain. We have to make that deposit. <laughs> rain gods love the green, so... <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I think that really is another part. Because then, you know, you think about it, right? Because I've had this thought before. I've had this thought before that, you know, because one of the cardinal concepts of the life of a Hopi... Yeah. And you hear it often, and I don't think we've ever said it on this podcast before... Is that there's this concept that Hopis are poor people, that we consider ourselves poor people. Uh, but the fact that even though we consider ourselves poor people, 
that our lives are very expensive. Yeah. Because then you think about a baby naming. Once a baby is born, then you have a lot of your own female relatives scrambling to try to find baby blankets and pay the cost for a baby blanket. And something that just happened within my own life, I got married in the traditional Hopi way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then so you had relatives trying to find sheep. Sheep that now cost between $150 to $300 a head. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, a lot of these different components that we need to do some of these cultural obligations that we need to do some of these uh, ceremonial practices are now costing us money. Exactly. And it is costing us a, a, a pretty dime there. And without like the jobs that we do have, none of these ceremonies today would even exist. I don't know how we would get a lot of these things done if it weren't for if we didn't have jobs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although we could probably still go through the old ways, but nobody wants to go Who through wants the old ways. Who wants to do that? No one wants to do that. Because <laughs> God damn it, all, all the women have to have two boxes of beaky each to <laughs> uh, show that they contributed to the ceremony. All women have to have the nicest apron on. Or the when, nicest shawl. <laughs> the nicest the nicest shawl with the, the prettiest homa bowl. <laughs> Some of those butterfly dancer men have to have the perfect what's up one quill. Yeah, exactly. Got to take your bitcoin to get dry clean before you go out and uh, make our prayer offerings for the rain. It's expensive. It is expensive. It's expensive it is living expensive. this hashtag hoopy life. <laughs> I guess we are very, very rich living the rich life here. <laughs> we're poor people, but yet we spend like we're millionaires. <laughs> Honda's going to just spend it on movies and stuff like that. We spend it on clothes, <laughs> designer stuff. Oh, that, that designer brand, you have to have that uh, <laughs> top-notch weaver making all of your uh, your UC. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think I think those at least are probably two of the two of the ideas most that come up in terms of like what some of this negative side is as to being culturally um, engaged as well as being professionally engaged out here on the reservation. And then, you know, for folks that don't have a whole lot of money, you know, that kind of helps or at least that provides some burden into when it comes to ceremony time when you're trying to participate and then you know there are some things going on behind that but you know one of the things that i've always believed in as uh as uh, i guess a quote unquote leader i'm not calling myself a leader but you know if you're in those positions that aside from just bitching about our issues what are some problem solving around some of these things Give me more money. <laughs> tribe, Mo- money tribe, sol- The tribe got an extension on that COVID <laughs> funds. They need to issue out more checks <laughs> so I can pay for some of this cultural stuff that we need. Yeah, my Bitcoin is in at the Weavers right now. I need to get it out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I need to get my jewelry out from the pawn shop. <laughs> Had to pawn my jewelry and stuff. So my bells. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, you know, it, one of the, the one of the reasons why we wanted to kind of talk about this topic and then, though, you know, and I don't think that we mentioned this at the beginning that even though that this kind of position only pertains to a small percentage of people, people that are 100 percent engaged in the cultural and ceremonial obligations and who are also 100 percent engaged in a profession yeah. out here on the reservation is that, you know, as Hopi people, we talk a whole lot about the future. Oh yeah. We talk a whole lot about what we don't have and what we would like to have. We talk about how we want a better economy. We talk about how we want jobs for our people. 
we talk about how we want homes for our people. And so let's say that, you know, somebody gets it right in the, in the leadership position and provides these jobs yeah. for future Hopis, that provides these homes for future Hopis, that this could be potentially the future for Hopi, that you have a lot more people that are engaged 100% in a profession and then also engaged 100% within our cultural and ceremonial obligations. So in a way, you know, it is a discussion about what the future Hopi could look like. Having to be a professional, having to work a, a job that has significant importance to the reservation, but then also still fulfilling their obligations and duties on the ceremonial side, which is also as if not more important. Because like you said, our ceremonies bring the rain. Yeah, The rain allows our farmers to produce the corn which is the necessity for us to live. And then so, you know, you kind of have these two importance, importances for people that are living now, but hopefully that the amount of people that are giving 200% grows and grows because essentially that's what we want. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And with that, you know, the, that hardship, that, that, stressful, that stressful mindset, comes into play especially when you have a, a good paying job but yet you're not dedicated enough to the the religious side of it mm-hmm. and which makes it makes it all the difference because you know in the old ways everybody had this mentality to say that if everybody thought about rain it's going to rain but now if everybody thinks about money we're not going to get money you know, we're, we, we think about the behind the side first uh, and we, we think on the weekends of a Hopi. So that's that's the mentality of, of how Hopi plays out that's now. That's why we're so. weekend Hopis. So that's why we're weekend Hopis. So. <laughs> but I guess, you know, thinking outside of the box and thinking about the future that, you know, if that is the future for Hopi, that if you're going to have more Hopi professionals that are also engaging a whole lot within the ceremonial and the culture side that I have thought about, you know, some problem solving ideas of how can you make it so that we're putting, we're giving our people the opportunity to be involved a hundred percent on the ceremonial and cultural side, but also affording them the, the uh, parts to where they don't get this burnout, where they don't get this fatigue from being 200% engaged. And I think that, you know, one of the examples that you kind of talked about is, is one of that is the fact that, you know, you mentioned that our, our relatives, the Pueblos in New Mexico, that sometimes that they completely close business down. Oh, yeah. When, um, when their ceremonies are going. Yeah. And I think that's a prime example of putting, showing that you're putting importance into your culture, that you're putting importance into the ceremony that's going to say that, okay, you know, we have this big culture, the big ceremony coming up. We're going to stop being Bahana for this period of time. And then we're going to fully immerse ourselves back into being who we are. Yep. To being able to fulfill these cultural and ceremonies. And I think that, you know, one of the things that I've seen since I've been back home is that, you know, the local high school here, the Hopi Junior Senior High School, that in the month of February, that they suspend school on Fridays. Oh, really? Every single week. Mm. And I think that that's kind of a small step into that direction saying that, you know, we're going to afford not only our students, but our staff, our faculty, the opportunity to have this time so that they can prepare themselves to be engaged with ceremony when it happens in February, because February is a big ceremony time. Oh, yeah. For Hopi. Exactly. 
And so with that, with that whole idea of problem solving, I don't know if we can, we can actually solve the different problems here on the reservation is because we don't have a mindset to say that, oh, okay, um, you know, First Mesa is practicing their religion. Let's shut down Third Mesa for a while and, uh, you know, shut down a whole thing there. And because we have three Mesas and, you know, shutting down just for one village means that they can't get paid at third Mesa or something. So it kind of creates that, that, wh- wh- how would you say that, that, uh, that paradox that there, there's a lot of yeah. intricacies, yeah. complexities that come, yeah, that, with, with, with how, uh, any type of problem solving might work. Yeah, exactly. And so that's, that's the reason why I guess, you know, the tribe doesn't shut down mm-hmm. on religious, religious parts. Because, you know, we'd rather get that paycheck. Yeah, we'd rather get the paycheck and, in then, order then for... the clouds to come. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, so, well, I guess, you know, kind of some of the some of the ideas that I had, and I, I think that you're kind of um, um, paralleling this idea that I had, is that out here we're so... And I, I think that's probably a reality for a lot of people, is that it's so branded in our head that a work week consists of 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. Yeah. But why? Yeah. But why? Couldn't you do your work on a Saturday? Yeah. Couldn't you do your work on a Sunday? Couldn't you do your work at 6 o'clock p.m. instead of 5 p.m.? 7 o'clock p.m., 8 p.m., 9 p.m. instead of just between those hours of 8 a.m. and 5 p.m.? And I guess really my argument is that, you know, we don't have to bind ourselves to just that period of time 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday on a work week to get business done. Yeah. It's that if we know as Hopis, as if we know as an entity, a business, an organization that's run by Hopis, that serves Hopis, know that ceremony is going to get busy. Why can't we adjust the schedule to help with people to allow them to be engaged for the month of February, we're going to suspend Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. Instead, we're going to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 12 hours a day. Yeah. So the business can still get done. That way you have Thursday, Friday to do the other things that you need. It's basically, it's catering to our culture, catering to our religion, catering to our people so that we can allow them to be involved with culture and religion. See, I guess we don't think about that. We just think about the Pahana side of it. It's like, okay, Pahana works from eight to five. We got to do eight to five because the money's coming from Pahana and we have to show them that we're actually working from eight to five. We have to make our offerings to the Bahana gods <laughs> so that those paychecks will keep coming. Yeah, exactly. We we put the Bahana gods first and then rain gods second. So <laughs> I can buy my corn now. So. <laughs> well, it looks like it's uh, uh, real, real quick. And I think well, the other thing that I wanted to share, too, is that, you know, and, and there's, you know, aside from just uh, the schedule change, you know, I had kind of had some more more wackier ideas was that if uh, as, as an office, right, yeah. as, as an office out here on Hopi that employs Hopis, that serves Hopi people. One of my uh, outlandish ideas was what if all of these uh, offices installed bread ovens? Into the workplace. That way the women could make their Their bread bread. while they're at work, (laughs) while they're doing their work. And then us men that are working there, we get the benefit of smelling that wonderful (laughs) aroma all day long. And then, you know, maybe being Being able to sample some of it. (laughs) But, you know, there's I think there's plenty that we could do 
in terms of problem solving to make it more beneficial for our people. There and, are. You know, there, there's a lot, too, that we haven't talked about in this episode, and potentially this could be another two-part. Yeah, so this could be a two-part. Mm-hmm. And so like you're saying, you know, we're, we're about that time. And we're about that time before I was rudely interrupted. So, <laughs> Well, you talked about your job in Flagstaff. I wanted to talk <clears throat> about my great ideas. <laughs> I think my job is a lot more relevant to to this conversation. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it is about that time that we go, and I know that we didn't touch on a lot of things, but we and I'm like what J Man said. I'm pretty sure that this could probably be a two parter episode because there are a lot of things and issues like that that haven't been touched on. So, if you do have an idea please email us at cjpodcast85 at gmail.com. Or if you want to donate uh, anything, uh, go to buymeacoffee.com slash cjpodcast or go to our website, anchor.fm slash cjpodcast85 to become a monthly donor or to just to donate whatever you want to donate to. It really helps us out. It really helps us with topics. It really helps us with buying different things and keeping us actually alive here at the studio. It has helped us out a lot. And then, you know, once we get this YouTube series, we can physically show the folks out there, you know, what we've purchased with your uh, kind donations and your assistance. And, you know, the fact that we've reached this level of 20,000 downloads. <laughs> I mean, think about it, man. 20,000 20, times somebody heard one of your uh, goofy jokes. and twenty Yeah, 20,000 times somebody, somebody uh, heard about Soul. <laughs> So thinks I'm cool, so. <laughs> and then, you know, like another way you can support us too is continue to, to uh, give us high ratings on whether you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. If you're listening to us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the likes. Uh, you're going to be uh, wanting to having those uh, notifications coming up when we're coming in hot with this new series. You know, we'd like to thank everybody out there that's assisted us in any way, shape or form. And, you know, unfor- you know up to this point we haven't given a shout out to our girl kelly so oh, big yeah. thank you to kelly kelly Tungovia, who's been responsible for all of the graphic work all of the designs that you've seen on our facebook on our instagram twitter and uh, i believe that's it yeah so if you see kelly out on the out on the thing give her a, a props up you know say hey good job uh, or you know give her an air high five and say hey good job making Carl look good. So. <laughs> and she's worked wonders in doing that too. <laughs> and, but we got some big things. We got big plans for season four. Oh yeah, big plans for season four. We got a big four. season finale that's going to be coming up. And then also too, uh, we got some uh, huge plans for 2021 just in general. Oh yeah, exactly. So look out on, on YouTube for our new series called Us Be These Guys. And it'll be uh, probably debuting sometimes this month in January. So if you're on YouTube listening to this, uh, subscribe, you know, like, hit the like button um, and uh, hit that bell icon or whatever they call it. So to, to be notified. I like how you follow my instructions with your own instructions, the exact same instructions. <laughs> I think my instructions are a lot better coming from my voice. So <laughs> I think people just like to uh, listen to you kind of drown in your own words. <laughs> Well, thank you again for listening to Carl and Jane Man. This is my best friend, Carl. Uh, Jay- <laughs> this is my best friend, Jane Man. Good joking. My, <laughs> my name is Carl. This is my best friend, Jane Man. So long. What? <laughs> <laughs>